okay, in this episode, if I was on a gig and the building started to fall in on itself and I got hurt, I would hope that Hope Claiborne was on, was on gig. the gig and could tie a tourniquet <laughs> and save my life. Oh, man. Because she does that every day. <laughs> trauma nurse. She's a trauma nurse and just kills it on the saxophone. You no, know, it was... Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I Hope is a lot of fun. I recently got was, to play with her. I can't wait to play with her. I want Hope call me for a well, gig. You get, see, you get all the gigs as what? a bass player. Oh. We we meet people through our podcast here. Yeah. Right? Isn't that one of the, is that one of the reasons why we started this to That's, get more That was gigs? the only reason. We never thought anybody <laughs> would listen. We just wanted to get more gigs, but you know, <laughs> nobody wants to hire a guitar. Everybody's got a guitarist uh-huh. or three in the uh-huh. band. Everybody needs a bass player. Oh, so well. I finally got Yeah. 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 One of our guests to hire me. Yeah. <laughs> Which was band a, was that? That was the um uh, Soul Scrimmage. Soul Scrimmage. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. And and Hope is is a very talented reed player. No, and you know, and she came off a, a late she came off an all night shift. Oh yeah, yeah. And showed up at ten AM after working all night and hung out with us with a little bit of coffee to help. And uh, just a huge thanks again for her doing that. Golly. Um, it was like a 12-hour shift. She was oh, gosh. Or something. Was crazy. Yeah. So putting people back together and then talking about music. Yeah. But hey, you know. Love Hope. Love Hope. Dig it. Welcome to Memphis Machine, Hope Claiborne. Burn. Claiborne. That's Did I say born? Yeah. As in the born okay. supremacy? Because the there's so many Claibornes. I literally have never met another Claiborne in this city. Claiborne. Yeah. So I'm used to it. But I figured, why not just put it out there? That's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I was walking in, uh, assuming that it was clay, and I was like, wait a second, is it A-Y? And it's like, or maybe C-O-A-Y. it's Clyburn. It's, maybe it's, it's Clyburn. It's phonetic, Clayburn. Yeah. Pretty easy. Like when I tell people, look me up, like, less Claypool, but hope Clayburn. See? <laughs> That's helpful. But yeah. I think we... we, we this is exposing our amount of research because if you listen back to a few episodes, you know, we tend to open things like this. We're like, is uh, it? Well, is it? I don't know. Can yeah. you pronounce it like this? My last name is, has always been spelled S O N by folks who don't know it's spelled S E N, Casperson. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's phonetic. Ah, whatever. It's a oh, thing. Good. It's That's all good. But uh, speaking of burning, Alto is it, is your primary horn? Primary, is it, is it, yeah, mm-hmm. primary. Alto and, and flute. And flute, yeah. yeah. And and you've been hitting the Memphis scene for a while now. I've been while. trying to remember how long my nephew, when I first moved here, my eldest nephew was at Richland Elementary, and then he just turned twenty five. Wow. Yeah, no, twenty four. So I've been here at least sixteen years now. So yeah. Went by quick. I was only supposed to stay for six months and go back to like right. the New York City, Connecticut area. I was like, I'm going to stay here and get some money, you know. But then it was, oh, that's you know, funny. yeah, because I was playing in a bunch of jam bands up there and they kind of broke up and I was like, man, it's too expensive. I was crazy. This was before it was even super expensive. But wow. It was, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so here. where are you from again? Like Originally North that? Carolina. Okay. But my dad was a Marine, so we moved every couple of years. Okay. So I'm really from nowhere. Yeah. You know, military brat. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I settled in Virginia and went to high school in Virginia and then went to University of Virginia for my first college degree. Yeah. <laughs> a while back, you know, eight, nine, yeah. not getting your background info. There you go. <laughs> and, and, and we just we just mentioned that you just you just came off work. Mm-hmm. What you, do you call it a day gig? I mean, technically, yeah. right? <laughs> day night gig. Day yeah, night gig. That's my yeah. day job. And you want to talk about that for a minute? Want to let the folks know? 
Sure, sure. I've, I've been a, a nurse over at, well, the, the artist formerly known as the Med. You know, right. I call it the regional. It's regional one health now. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Great, great hospital. I work at the trauma center and trauma ICU. I've been there this month, 11 years. So I'm one of the most senior nurses there. I've been doing that. And I really liked that because my first degree at University of Virginia was pre-med. Mm-hmm. Had every intention of going to medical school, but I got into a band. You know, they're like, hey, you can come tour Europe or go to school for another eight years. I was like, hmm. Mm. So long story short, I wanted to, once I kind of did my music thing and I was tired of being broke, I settled down here to Memf- with, in Memphis with my sister, who's a physician at Church Health Center. Went to nursing school. Then eventually kind of got into the med and uh, been working there, and I love it. It's a, it's a world-class trauma center, you know, and with with Memphis, you know, unfortunately business is good. We're hoping it slows no. down, you know. I, I say that to people. It's a, yeah, right. it's, a, yeah. it's a joke, but, you know, business is good in an unfortunate way, but I'm glad to be there to help out the community. So we see, like, I, the first thing people always ask me, I bet you see crazy stuff. I'm like, you don't even know. There's got to be some dark humor in your profession. Oh, yeah, right? like, it has well, to be. You know, I mean, you have. <laughs> to have dark humor to be in any type of basically medical position, you know, because the funniest thing now that I'm going through is that uh, with anything, you know, medicine is a very litigious kind of thing now. So if anything messes up, somebody's going to want money, rightfully yeah. so. So as a nurse, more every year I spend more and more time in front of a computer charting, you know, versus kind Document. of... Document. Yeah, patients. Yeah. That's literally why I was supposed to be off at 7. I just got here, was mm-hmm. it, 9.30? Because yeah. I, I was charting everything I just did for 12 hours I'm like oh my god oh my goodness but I still dig it but it's nice when I when I'm not there to play music it's uh, it makes me appreciate it can you just dictate it into your you know Siri and yeah, the phone. doctors I mean, do. And I'm thinking about doing that. Give them this little dragon headset. Something like, just be like, oh, <laughs> the gosh. patient said they heard it on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> you said burritos. <laughs> so, so my, 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 my wife uh, melts glass, and she hasn't done a whole lot down here uh, in Memphis. But in St. Louis, had a large community of friends who, who melt glass and do beads. And uh-huh. uh, in, 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 a, in that community, we had a nurse, and and she actually did a paper on. Uh, nurses uh, and, and their coping mechanisms, mm. which can get into some pretty, you know, some pretty funny and, and not so funny things. Yeah. But would you say music is is, is a coping me- mechanism? Yes, it, definitely. I mean, you it's, kind of it's number one, right? I can't imagine. Yeah, it's number one because uh, it makes me realize. Well, first of all, it makes me thankful. You know, to be able to, because even when I clock out, I got to remember the patients I'm taking care of, they're still going to be there. Yeah. You know, they're still going through, you know, with trauma, it's something sudden. So it's a drastic change in their life. And when I clock out, I try to separate myself. But when I get on the stage and play music, it just makes me realize my life is life is pretty awesome mm. and yeah. very lucky and blessed to have what little talent God gave me. So to share it with the world, you know, and heal through music and medicine is my, my philosophy. That's fantastic. Yeah. And do, do, do your co uh, medical folk get to hang out and, and, and see you. Ch- and Every see now and then, I'm really weird about that because yeah. it's, it's almost like it's like my Clark. I call my day job my Clark Kent. Oh, I, yeah. I want to get some glasses without the rim, you know, without the like actual lenses. You're like, oh, my name is Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Hope. The Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So it's every now and then I'll invite them. They'll show up, but I never. And, and it's always kind of weird because you've probably worked with people who've been in bands. They're like, you come see my band. It's usually they're not that good. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> I never want to be like, hey, come see my band, oh, you know. Well, it's yeah, like, uh, it, oh, I tell you what. It, well, yeah. yeah in, 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 the, in the theater theater world, it's 
Come see my show. It's the worst. My one yeah. man show. One person in the audience. <laughs> you know, and then they're like, so what'd you think? And you're like, man, the lighting was superb. <laughs> the lighting was off. The sound <laughs> was amazing. Uh, you can hear like, cricket. <laughs> my, my favorite backhanded compliment for any art is, is like, I, I really see what you were going for. That yeah. Was, <laughs> ah, that's a good one. I'm about to use that. That's what you meant all these years? Ah, yeah. comes out. Oh, I, I used to work yeah. with a sax player, and he would, just sit, he would sit me up. It was when I, he was almost mentoring me. I was like in my yeah. 20s, and he's like, Carl, man, you, you sound a great time. I was thinking, he was like, can I borrow 50 bucks? <laughs> like, oh. oh, man. Oh. I got to put that one on the that's, list, too. Man, you play with a lot of man, soul, just, man. Uh, come on, twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, get a beer. <laughs> so how, how would you? So I mean, so you got a jam band uh, yeah. influence. You, obviously, jazz, soul, funk. Uh-huh. You, you have a. Um, we just started the the hard disk. Uh, actually, I have a solid state drive. The num the ones and zeros were rotating when we talked about Joyce Cobb. You just oh, yeah. like coming off a session with Joyce Cobb. Yeah. So uh, for those who don't know, Joyce Cobb is just a living legend. Uh, yes, she is. You know, well known here in Memphis, uh, especially. But we've uh, over recent years have become really close and start working together. She plays with you know she we come down my band Soul Scrimmage backs her up uh, a lot recently, and so. She called me up to do a session, and I go over there, and I'm like, oh, I think it's going to be like jazz, you know, da 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 I get in there, and it's like, it's like hip-hop, like Memphis hip-hop. I'm like, Joyce, what's going on? I was like, I love it. So she's uh, definitely one of my big idols because, I, you know, people from Memphis know she's gone through some health challenges. Yeah. And- Doing really well uh, from from her diagnosis to where she is now is a miracle, and I'm I'm so happy that she's still choosing to make music uh, and enjoy life. And she said that's the one thing that she likes about playing with my band. It's youthful, energetic, you know. So when we get together, we just like like to let it ha- all hang out. Oh, you know? no, so do uh, you get some live performances booked here, or is this just in the? This is in the we do floor? random live performances yeah. with Joyce. We'll probably be doing something again. We just did one at a place called the Pocket downtown on yeah. Union. Yeah, yeah, we backed her up, and then mm-hmm. uh, we did a benefit over at Crosstown uh, for uh, the Memphis Independent Living Center, which uh, does a lot of benefits and helps out folks with disabilities, making sure they get access to wow. jobs and cool. things. So we do cool things like that. So definitely there'll be something. There's nothing on the books quite yet, but we're yeah. going to definitely try to get the album out uh, hopefully by the spring or early next year with her. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting well, there. <laughs> I want to come back to Memphis, but before we leave the jam band days, uh-huh. were you on it like, you know, there's... Here's the jam band circuit, you know, yeah. for sure. And and so that would have been, did you say, 16 years ago or something? Yeah, like? yeah. Nine, late 90s, mid-90s. Right, so, kind of in the heyday. Yeah, for, for I graduated from, uh, when I first started, you know, uh, kind of really officially getting into bands out of uh, high school in Richmond, Virginia, and then college at University of Virginia. I, my first band was called Baba Seth, which is an Afrobeat band. Before it was cool, you know, before everybody knew. But, yeah, I was very thankful. And then through them, we started touring. And I ran into some other bands in the scene. And then eventually, uh, like I was saying, I graduated. And I was like, at this crossroads, because I really was kind of burnt. You know, University of Virginia is a very demanding school. And I you know, had to go do pre-med work, yeah, playing right. bands. And I was like, I was like, man, it would be nice to have a little break. And then this band's like, hey, by the way, you want to come tour with us? And this mm-hmm. band was called Deep Banana Blackout. They're from Connecticut. And they did really well uh, in that scene. You know, we did some opening shows 
play uh, for some big ass. In fact, we toured the Almond Brothers, and I got nice. to play with the Almond Brothers oh, and hang wow. out with Greg Almond yeah. and Warren Haynes and Derek Trucks, all those guys yeah. back in the day. So there's some there's some recordings out there. Me jamming with uh, <laughs> with, the, with the Almond yeah. Brothers. Yeah. So I was very lucky with that. So that whole scene is I'm very thankful, and I'm still considering myself a jammer in terms of like uh, I can take one note and make it a whole song. You know. And, yeah. Right. You know that's a harder thing than what people think. And do, and do you find that that's a? Uh, I, I had an I had an experience when I finally got to see Wayne Kranz. I've told you this story. Oh my, that's my but, dude. Well, yeah, hey, oh, right. well, Wayne Kranz at a 55 our, bar in New York City. <gasps> oh. You're speaking right. my love uh, language right there. Oh my gosh. So yeah, yeah. I, I had a gig in New York, and I got to go to Bar 55 and see uh, him with with Anthony Jackson on bass oh, and Keith do. Carlock on drums. No, it was it was. It was transformative, and but but the thing was, and, and I don't know if he still does it at the time. He had a couple DPA microphones, just stereo, mm-hmm. and he was recording the shows. Mm-hmm. And then you could get a little code from him, and for five bucks, you could download the set. Oh wow, stunning! I was like, oh yeah, and, and so smart. And, and and I remember being there and just in your, you know, and it's a tight little bar, and there's Anthony Jackson. I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, having yeah. this moment. And then and then I went, you know, went back to St. Louis and I downloaded my code and I I got the thing and it just. It just had like it was it was far more two dimensional than the three dimensional thing I had experienced, and I right, wonder right. Do, do you feel like with jam music, like you know, if you hear like the bootlegs, I don't know, like like there's something I think of actually being in the presence of that happening. It's I a, agree. There's this performance mm-hmm. art aspect of it, and there no is. matter how well it's recorded, it's still there's. I don't know. It's yeah, but not only that, we also got a, the, the elephant in the room. There's a lot of drugs, <laughs> but you know what? what I'm saying? What? What? Nah, nah. But you know what I mean. There's well, a, for the audience perspective, it is kind of like a whole experience. You know, you're yeah. at a venue usually with a lot of friends, and like I said, usually got a beer and something else. You know, but it is an experience. But musically, once you listen back, you're trying to re-experience it versus listening to it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. so. You know, that's so I will say the jam band is, is one of the last vestiges of live performance. Yeah. You know, where you can't just like, you know, download it. Yeah, that's a good it. point. Maybe, yeah. maybe uh, that's something we've. We've talked about this before. We should start a jam whole- band, Jonathan. That's what yeah. we need to do. That's my roots, man. But yeah, the, the whole idea of re-experiencing that, I've never never yeah. thought about it like that. Yeah, 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 since you're trying to do that. So somebody yeah. who wasn't there, I mean, they might not get it, so to speak. Yeah. But, you know, it, it might even be easier for them to say, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, mm. we can think about And then about, the whole time yeah. you could be thinking, eh, you should have yeah. been there. Man, it was even better. Well, <laughs> you can think about the Grateful Dead, you know, right. for oh. as proper they are. Yeah. They only had, what, one song, Touch of Grey, that broke, that got in Top 40. Top 40, right? yeah. Yeah. But yet they're one of the most beloved bands, but you would never... Yeah. Ever be like, oh, I'm gonna sit. You know, of course, people listen to you at the house because they're huge fans. But if you're a new person to that, you'd be like, oh, what is this? You yeah, know? No, I, I I worked with a drummer in St. Louis who was a, a, a fantastic drummer, great straight ahead. You know, Jay, right. he was this complete Grateful Dead nerd, Deadhead. Right. Right. I mean, to this day, like he just. Uh, the lyricist just passed away. Uh, um, Robert. Robert uh, yeah, yeah, Robert. And he had this loving kind of just tribute to him. And yeah. uh, and I remember asking him, I'm like, because I've been a jazz snob at points in my life where I'm like, well, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I remember I remember like, I'm like, Terry, what? Why, why are you in this band? You know, yeah. and, and he still, he couldn't, it didn't get across. I actually just watched a documentary, I think Netflix. You know, I know there's been a lot of documentaries on yeah. the day, but I caught whatever one is out. 
And it, it kind of helped me think like, oh, okay, I think I kind of, yeah, this whole experience. I mean, people, it, it, for a lot of people, it's their church. Yeah, it is. Right? It was, uh, I mean, I mean there, yeah. there's like this thing. And family. Yeah. Right? And family. You know, and, and you're yeah. con- constantly meeting up with this like-minded. Exactly. You know, and, and this, this hippie mindset, whatever that says or, you know, brings up to mind. But, yeah, yeah it's a communal and people just wanting to hang out and mm-hmm. enjoy each other's company. So it's not like you're showing up to MMA, fight each other. I mean, yeah. it's, it's this thing of like hang in community and yeah. I think yeah actually churches strive to do that back, too man. right yeah I would love to you know I've always like secretly wanted to love to have that kind of vibe at my shows and stuff. oh my goodness something people dream of in fact that band Deep in That Black I was talking about before I joined them they became well known through playing the parking lots of the fish shows so oh, the wow. fish shows you didn't even have to go to the show same thing Grateful Dead you didn't even have to go into the actual show to be a part of right. the whole environment, there'd be you know some people going to the show, some people just hang out in the parking lot. Yeah, I mean, what what what's around now that does that? You know, yeah, right. so I'm hoping that's kind of why you know I'm still gonna always be you know always about a live band. You know, somebody one yeah. day was like asking me to play at this uh, event. They're like, okay, this one guy he plays, he has a DJ and he plays saxophone. I was like, uh, I don't do that. I don't nothing against that, but. There's something about me actually looking at you in the eye and you're playing with me and that yeah. energy we feed off of something that's so creative and, you know, that, like you're saying, I'm a snob like that in that sense. I Just something about a live band and interacting with the different musicians. I mean, it's it's almost like psychic almost. So, you so, know? Something just clicked in my head. Yeah. I, I, I just I just happened to read a little uh, post Wait. by our, our buddy, uh, John Shaw, pianist. Lay it on us, man. <laughs> so, so John and John, he he talks about a lot of things, uh, uh, but he was talking about the, the Memphis music scene and how uh, politically, how um, Memphis politicians should be more proactive in promoting the music. Well, right. preach on, brother. Well, and and it just occurred to me, like you know, and and maybe a full grown man in his fifties or sixties, uh, maybe he's white, and maybe maybe that guy needs to go see some live shows, right? And and same thing of like a, like a suburban kid, right? But just twenties, maybe all of a sudden, like you know, that they're in college for, and they maybe just spent their life playing games and watching TV. All of a sudden, you're in a crowd of fifty, sixty, couple mm-hmm. hundred folks. And you're like, what's this? You know, like yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. Yes, yeah, so I would say uh, Memphis politicians, the, the the power people, go see some live shows. Yeah. And Memphis is a unique uh, a, a unique situation. Yeah, some of the music. best musicians in the world. For example, I think some of the best drummers in the world are from oh, Memphis yeah. to the point that, here. you know, I, there's this band when I first moved to Memphis, I was playing this weekly show at this bar called the Full Moon, Full Moon Club. It was above uh-huh. this place that's now no longer there called Zinni's East. It's right there on Madison. But one time I had these young guys, these young brothers that were uh, opening for me, real church kind of sounding, but very good R&B. And they're like, hey, Hope, we're thinking about moving to L.A. You know, they're in their teens, you know, maybe early 20s. I was like, oh, that sounds good, man. I'm staying here, going to nursing school. Oh, you should come up. Oh, man, I ain't, I'm not going to move anymore. I turn on the TV two months later, they're backing up Stevie Wonder. Boom. <laughs> their drummer is still playing with Stevie. Nice. So I'm like, if you want to say what level Memphis musicianship yeah. is, there's your judgment. Because you yeah. can't tell me that Stevie Wonder is not one of the most respected the musicians so yeah yeah i mean the memphis drummer or musician I, is yeah, almost always I, in some type of band somewhere. i've discussed specifically drumming uh yeah. in memphis recently i mean it's 
and, and just really thought about it. I think Memphis gets overlooked quite a bit as a drumming town. You it's know, getting there, town. though. Yeah. I must admit, before I even yeah. moved here, I knew about Memphis drumming. You know, Al huh. Jackson, right. all those guys, you yeah. know. I mean, something about it. I mean, and it gets back to the roots of it. I mean, what, what's, what's music come from? It comes from, of course, African roots, you know. Yeah. Where do folks come from? I mean, it's the whole, just the transition of life across diaspora of, you know, of, of music. I mean, it gets down to the roots. It's pretty roots down here in Memphis. That's what I like about it. Right. So, you know, right. every style gets down to the heart of it. It's a good song. Does it have a good rhythm? You yeah. know, all the other frivolous <laughs> stuff. Nothing against all those other cities like Nashville and stuff, but there's going to be other things besides the music that counts to them. Yeah. Here, we don't care because it's like, you know, well, yeah. if you're here, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're good here, to me, you're good. Yeah. You I, know, because we don't have a lot of pretense or pretentiousness it's it's either you play well or you don't yeah you know yeah as, as far as name dropping our, our our podcast with james dukes uh i mean he he, he articulated very well the uniqueness of memphis right okay you know, and like like you know as like tennessee well no it's memphis it's it's, no, its own, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's sure. its own right in the corner right does it put the bad kid in the corner <laughs> you know we, and we just we just had a um we just spoke with Steve uh, Selvage yesterday, and, oh, and nice. I was going to ask you: Have you always been a front woman, or did you transition from you know side person, you know, to 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 ho- to being the front person? Or is yeah, it, is that, I've, that, I've always a, been bossy my whole life. So. Well, there you, hey. <laughs> I've always been very like, oh man, this person's doing horrible. So let me take over. But I will say uh, that first band going back to University of Virginia days. Well, actually going back to high school. Uh, in high school, in marching band, you know, that's where most horn players start. Uh, eventually, my last two years, I was a drum major. So, you know, we had to learn all the songs and conduct. And from then, I really kind of liked that whole vibe of, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to be on me. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the other bands I was in, I was always kind of a side person, but then yeah. I always realized I look at the crowd, they're looking at us, and nobody's moving on stage. And I was like, well, I'll just dance. I've yeah. always been very, you know, even as a little kid, my mom says, like, before I could talk, I was already, I was entertaining my little uh, cousins and stuff. So I guess I've always has been that, obnoxious and loud. Has, has, that, <laughs> has that informed your nursing as well? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, oh, yeah. no, really, you need to take this med. Like, oh, hey. yeah. Yeah, I'm very thankful most of the nurses. I, I feel like I'm on Jeopardy most nights because people are like, Hope, what, what is this? Hope, how do you do that? Hope. I'm like, ah, can I just, <laughs> you take this 10 cc's of that, put it in there, <laughs> swish it around. Swish it around. <laughs> it should work now. <laughs> but yeah, I always feel like, you know, uh, I've always liked to be in the leadership role, uh, not to say ego-wise, but just it's just something I enjoy. No, I like it, putting it, things together. And a lot of times, a lot of people will say to you, oh, man, uh, thanks, because we were having a hard time. Prime example, I'm playing in this band called Memphis Soul Remedy, which is made up of a bunch of neurosurgeons and mm-hmm. anesthesiologists and ear, nose, and throat doctors, type A, super smart doctors. But when it comes to, like, the music, it's so shocking. Like, uh, it's the only time they'll listen to a nurse. <laughs> That's nice. the joke I say. Nice. Because one of the hardest thing when they play a lot of cover music. We just played last uh, Saturday, this past Saturday at Lafayette's. We do mostly cover songs. Yeah. You know, almost all cover songs. But the one thing people don't they don't realize cover songs from the sixties and seventies. They fit on this little record, so they're two minutes long. Right. And they usually don't have an ending, and so people are looking around like, "How do you wait? I didn't think yeah. about this." Right. And like, so I always have to conduct them. Be like, ba 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 ba. Da, 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 da. You know, like we even have in-ear monitors. And I have this monitor that that I just talk to them in their headphones. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. talk to the audience just to cut them off or start another yeah. song. So yeah, so having that skill to do that to bring people together, it's something. Yeah, I've been doing it since high school. 
junior high. I was one of the first, uh, maybe one of the only, but uh, black female conductors of the University of Virginia Pep Band. Yeah. Yeah, my first and second year. So. All right. You know, I, th- I, think, I think there's a, there's a couple of kind of personality types of, of leadership. You can have you can have someone who needs to be in control, right? And then you have someone who likes to see when a plan comes together. Yeah, yeah. You sound like the other one. <laughs> you sound I can, like, I'm, you a, sound I'm a mixture of both. Well, I'm definitely a control freak in well, the sense I mean, of like, if you have a vision, and you're, yeah. and you're like, like I know how this can come together. Exactly. But then, like when people like enjoy the fruits of things coming together. Yeah. I, the, the old saying, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> My kids have been watching the A-Team a lot. Oh, <laughs> Animal Madness. Oh, jeez. Oh. oh, my gosh, that show. Oh, man. Uh. Yeah. But wow. I like to be in leadership in the sense of I still like to listen to other people's ideals, you yeah. know, and make sure and bring out the best of other people. You know, even in my job as a nurse, I try to bring out the best in the people around me, the best in the patients, you know, because, I mean, it's 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 hard sometimes. I mean, life is hard. So when you do, when I, my primary goal when I do do music is to have fun. Yeah. There's no point in me doing it if, if at the end I'm just like, man, that was so stressful. It's stressful getting it together, but once you perform... I want to smile, you know, or yeah. something, or, or feeling whatever emotion I want, I, you know. So most of the time, you know, folks leave a little happy, a little sweaty, I hope. You yeah, know? right. That's a that's a hard thing to do is to get people to dance and feel joy because they're so used to just listening or looking at things. So, yeah, get people to dance is very hard. So, yeah. so, so do you blog or do you, do you write? I mean, I'm, not that you maybe have time, but like, <laughs> I I, be, being that you're, you're, yeah. you're immersed in the human condition of, yeah. of, of all the lows, and then achieving highs. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, so you're kind of like you're, <laughs> whether you like it or not, you're probably a, a, a pretty deep philosopher, I'm sure, on, on, on the human condition. Yeah, here, right? yeah. I'm right? pretty full of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am in a sense of, uh, you know, I definitely try to listen and, and learn and be present in every experience, you know, mm-hmm. just try to be aware of what's going on. Cause like you're saying, it's, it's the highs and the lows, you know, and, uh, I just try to be appreciative, you know, and, yeah. uh, that's the only thing you can do. Try to stay humble. You know, it's so funny cause you'll play, I remember going back in time, uh, I was playing the Almond Brothers. We open up 20,000 people. We're like, yeah, the yeah. tour bus. We get back to Connecticut, the next show, 10 people. Right. And yeah. I was like, we still get the same performance, though. That's always, yeah. you know, wherever I go, I don't care how many people there are. I don't care if they're into it. You're going to see the same, you know, because it's disrespectful to the other people who showed up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I am in life. I'm always going to be the best I can be. Yeah. You know, if I can. Yeah. Well, it's just a pragmatic sense. I mean, yeah. that, the reason why you were able to play for 20,000 people is probably because <laughs> you use the same, inter- you know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 This that's, is true. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so, um, so you're, I mean, obviously you got a lot of music stuff happening, but yeah. what, so you're, what, what's the closest to your chest right now uh, as far as like what makes your heart really? Uh, right now I'm in basically four projects at the time uh, at this time that kind of express all my different kind of loves yeah so my own band hope Claiborne and soul scrimmage is my original music right that combines all my experiences with jazz and rock and african and all that uh we have a new record that i've recorded almost like five years ago at ardent that we're going to finally put out oh wow i've been sitting on it and everybody's like when are you gonna put this album out it's gonna be called y'all so loud it's based on us playing at a club in the bar and the guy was like y'all so loud i was like that's great i'll use that but yeah 
yeah, it's a loud, in-your-face, energetic band. And then I have another band called Frog Squad, which is uh, led by this young man uh, named David Collins, yeah, who plays yeah, guitar. Man. Yeah, yeah, oh my goodness. Out there, crazy mm-hmm. jazz that's close to my heart. I play with electronic pedals and get to do all the weird stuff. And we just played Hot Springs Jazz Fest about uh, last month. And it was between, it was a lot of big bands and then us. And the people in the crowd were like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then the next big yeah. band. But it was great. Awesome. And then uh, I just started playing with this band called A Bruni Dance Band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we just I, had Adam on. Yeah, uh, so I play with Adam Adam Holton, the leader of that, and they play, I love African music, it's one of my first loves. Uh, they play music from Ghana yeah, and right. things like that, and uh, so High that's life. great, High Life, yeah. all that good stuff, wow. uh, Masukus, all that. And then that last band I was just talked about, Memphis Soul Remedy, because mm-hmm. I still like good old soul cover music, you know? Yeah, right. When I came to Memphis, I started on uh, a Bill Street with Free World. Uh, oh Richard my Cushion, yeah, that yeah was, right. Richard Cushion gets everybody. Shout out to Richard; he puts everybody together. Yeah. So I was like, "Look, man, I just moved to town, and he heard about me." And uh, I was like, I can't do this band for but only like two years because they played just too much. I was going to nursing school. Oh, yeah, right. So I'd play like at the casino, study while I was there, go take a test. And oh. I was like, oh, God. But, you know, so we did a lot of covers there. and uh, So that's close to my heart. And that's all I can do. I can only do this much stuff on one hand. I need the other hand for sleeping. You Goodness know? So, gracious. Yeah. yeah. That's so that's what's, that's what's close to my heart. So I have a band in each style that I like to do. So I'm very yeah. lucky with that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. So... Um, probably not a whole lot of compassion for someone who says, oh, "I just can't get anything going," or to get it's like, <laughs> it's like, come it's on, not time, it's come like, on. Yeah, it's like, no, there's not. It's time. Gee whiz, you man, I'm, it, you know, yeah. yeah, you do. I'm but stopping no. the bleeding and I'm playing a bunch <laughs> and swishing stuff around. Yeah, <laughs> ten cc's, <laughs> ten cc's at a time, swishing swishing around. around. <laughs> it should work. That's, that's the next. That's the next album name. Swishing it. <laughs> swishing. Swishing. <laughs> I like it, man. So, I so like I know uh, you play a lot with Paul Taylor, right? Paul Taylor, pa- pa- oh Paul yeah, Paul is a friend and has been a guest. And yeah. uh, other notable musicians that 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 are that are hitting with you that you like and are. Uh, well, one of my favorites, one of my best friends here in town is Kari Wynn. Uh He's basically. Uh, he's a guitarist slash bass player, more a bass player now. When I first moved to town, he's one of the first guys I met. But uh, he was playing with Public Enemy. He still does technically. Just Public Enemy doesn't do a lot of shows anymore. Okay, uh, you know uh, Chuck D's with the guys from Rage Against the Machine, so that put Public Enemy on hold for a little bit, uh-huh. which is good for me. Sucks for you know Public Enemy fans because Kari's always with me. But he's one of the. He literally will play in any band there is in town in Memphis yeah. and and learn all these songs and have them ready yeah. and be professional, shows up, does the same kind of thing, you know, where he just works constantly, survives on like three hours of sleep, mm. plays in church bands, but so super talented. So yeah. Kari Wynn is, is uh, one of those guys that if you don't know about him in Memphis, yeah, definitely look him up. Uh, and then uh, I just got, you know, I just played with so many other people. Joyce, of course, up there. I mean, it just keeps going and going. Right. So, yeah, Robert Allen Parker is my gu- main guitarist in my band that kind of helped me get my start in Memphis. And uh, Daniel McKee, he's yeah. a bass player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Victor Sawyer on trombone. Yeah. Right. Awesome cat. So I got a great, my own little soul scrimmage band is a pretty pretty stellar Memphis all-star band. I'm very happy for that. And they seem happy to play my crazy original tune. So I'm pretty lucky. I get to play with all the cats that I like. So that's, that's great. Cool. It's very lucky. That's cool. Yeah. Do you uh 
do you get kind of nerdy on your setup? I know horn players can get pretty nerdy and, and, and pretty deep into... Uh, I stopped doing that once my one of my horns fell out of the back of a trailer. <laughs> it got stolen. Oh, gosh. Yeah, once that happened, I stopped worrying about it because I, I just realized, I was like, you know... Is you know if you know horns, some are super action eighty, right. you know, alto, and it's like oh. And we were driving somewhere. I was playing some band, uh, and we were driving to Baton Rouge, and somebody didn't latch the trailer right. Like of course, my fell horn out. fell out, and somebody stole it, and I didn't have insurance. And uh, I was like oh. And I said from then on, I'm not going to buy. It's probably any- what, about a four or five thousand uh-huh. dollar. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so, so I used to be that way, and then I started realizing that all the people that we love to listen to. Yeah, they all played on crap instruments. Well, Charlie Parker, yeah, Jimi Hendrix, all those guys. They bought their instruments Sears or in the store, uh-huh. and that sound is what you make of. And I do try to make sure that I have a decent horn, but I, you know, I don't go out of my way to be like, I'm gonna get the Mark Six, you know, right. twenty thousand dollar horn. Yeah. One day, of course, that would be nice, you yeah. know, right. But I'm more utilitarian. Will it work after I've like, right. you know, <laughs> slammed it down? And uh, but I do try to like, uh, like for example, I use the Sennheiser mics and uh, my pedals. You know, I try to go with the Line Six and all this Boss yeah. pedals. Yeah, yeah. Are you using nice your pedals. harmonizer and everything? Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, the, uh, the last time I heard you, I was like, what? Like there's, only, there's really only one She must be using something You know, speaking of free world uh, Peter Klime is oh, yeah, is really yeah. dedicated to I think he's he's got a Helix yeah, oh, yeah. He's pedalboard. Awesome. Like he's, he's running, you know, with his E-wing Now he's stuff. a gear guy Now he, right? he's the one to ask about stuff right? I, yeah. I ask him about stuff I'm like, what are you playing on? What is that? Yeah, oh, he, wow he, Well, he turned me on the four score uh, mm-hmm. To yeah. I've transitioned I've transitioned from Music stands to an iPad and it's pretty rocking. I, yeah, I, that's my next thing. I sometimes yeah, have a little anxiety yeah. of like, what happens when the iPad dies? You know, and that's why I still have paper. Because uh, yeah, right? the other day we were playing at Lafayette's and all of our in years are through the app. And of course, the app, you know, wouldn't reconnect. But thankfully, I had my mix already set, but I was like, this gets right into the heart of the matter. Well, yeah, yeah. technology is yeah. great until it doesn't work. Yeah. In fact, I saved a festival recently. Brister Fest is a festival they have here. At, it was at Memphis, Maine. And we were supposed to play next, and I see this band just standing on stage. I was like, why are they standing up here? It's 30 minutes. They're just standing there. And I look, and all the little sound guys are running back and forth, trying to get the iPad to work, doing all this. And finally, me and the bass player, over first, I went up there first. I was like, look, I'm going to help you guys out. I disconnected everything and plugged it directly into the speakers. And I was like, you got one mic. That's it. Go. <laughs> right. You got one mic to make it work. <laughs> Because <laughs> it went down to the heart that iPad stopped working. And oh, so wow. I'm old school. I still print out my music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get more hip and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's cool. <laughs> but it's getting, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so with your, with, with, with your day gig, like, I guess you're not touring a whole lot right now. I mean, you're kind of not committed right to, to, to being local. Being local and doing one-offs. Like, I'm very lucky. I, I play with Valerie June uh, when I do kind of cool stuff. Uh, we play, I played Red Rocks in April, opening up for Gary yeah. Clark Jr. That was awesome. So, and, I've, and I played Brazil a couple of years ago. I'm going back to Brazil. I have my own little band and a little setup there in Brazil. It's hard to get over there, of course, you know, because of logistics. But usually myself and the guitarist will fly over there. Rob will fly over there and uh, play there. And then uh, I I have a friend down in Cape Town, South Africa, that's from Memphis that went back to, he's from Cape Town, but uh, moved back there. And we're working on a 
I'll, I'll write a song. He's redid one of my songs with a South African artist. We were going to re-release mm. it. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, so even though I may not tour, the great thing about technology, you don't yeah. have to anymore. Yeah. I do one-offs. I do little, you know, little videos. I mean, of course, I love to hit the road, but once in my 20s, once I did it, did a whole jam thing of yeah. like two years of nonstop, I kind of did get tired of the whole like, you know, being in the van If you got the money And it's nice Of course I would love to Right I'm, I would like to be More of a weekend warrior I'm trying to get back To that level and, yeah. and then if I do get Higher and higher Of course I would love to Tour full time With the tour bus And all but, that stuff But I guess it's easy enough To schedule with the hospital And like uh-huh. Some time out Just like hey It works out Yeah, yeah That's why I went into nursing Because I was at that Crossroads of uh, when I first moved to Memphis, I was still young enough to still consider, you know, going to medical school. So I started studying. I realized, nah, I want to still be able to do music. Yeah. You know, so nursing was yeah. perfect. And, yeah. you know, of course, the, there's a national shortage. And so we need nurses. Uh, wow. And so job security. So. Yeah. When the recession was, when I first moved here, the recession was bad and everybody's going to nursing school. So I was already a nurse, thankfully. So it worked out. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it too much of a side discussion to talk about repetitive injury with musicians? Like, does it, is that something <laughs> ever, is that, no, is that yeah. ever like, like carpal tunnel or any kind of like, you know? Yeah. You have any, any thoughts as far as like musicians and you know, banging your head against the wall? Well, there's, there's, there's that. <laughs> well, yeah. the number one thing is hearing loss. I've already, you know, that's wow. the yeah, thing. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing we need to protect. And I'm really bad. I've been bad at it. And I'm, bad, I'm, I'm I've already lost quite a bit of high frequency. At work, I'm always like, huh? Huh? What'd you say? <laughs> Huh? Because <laughs> that high frequency, you're always gonna you're gonna lose it anyway when you get older. And right. Just so rolls I just want to. Whenever I see younger musicians without earplugs and stuff, I'm like, or even audience members, I'm like, oh, I was at a show the other night, uh, and this band before us was so crazy loud. I, right. I had to leave and put earplugs in and stand outside. I was like, yeah. man. So everybody there and they're you know, younger than me, twenties and stuff, are out there. Yeah, this is fun. I was like, woo, guys, gonna pay for it yeah. later. So I want to bring awareness to that. that you know. That's a, that's a thing. Yeah, it is. I, uh, that's the most re- dangerous repetitive injury injury in music. Yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, uh, I, I there's an article. Um, yeah, it's easy to Google. Just as far as um, I work at a church on on the weekends, I mix front of house, and I, I send an article to everyone in the team because they do the classic. They, they all have you know the packs, the in ears, mm-hmm. and they'll take the one ear out, right? Because they right. want to hear feel the room, and yeah. I understand. And that, yeah. I said, but the the phenomena happens to where your brain wants to equalize right. that that experience, and so what it wants, so your tendency is to drive the amplified ear, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you're crushing, and then you, your brain says, "Oh, now now it's equal," but really, uh, you're you're crushing that ear that's amp, and, and you're and defeating uh, the whole purpose. I, of the in ears, you know, it's just like just use a regular monitor. It, I've only this this Memphis Soul Band Remedy is the first band I've had, actually in my career that I've used in ears with a whole band where I've got to really, to, you know, really tune them in. And we played yeah. uh, we played in San Diego recently for the American Neurosurgeon Convention okay. on the USS Midway. They oh rented my, out the wow. whole they rented out the whole battleship, wow. and it was cool. And so the sound guy though, that of course was top of line sound guy, yeah. had the in ears, and I, it was the best sound of my life. It sounded like playing on a CD at first. I was like, this is weird. I feel so detached. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I got into it. I was like, man, yeah, I could like do this. And that, I was like, this is awesome. And I turned the volume down. Right. And I was like, right. You know what? <laughs> yeah. It just takes some getting used to. You know, but yep. I think it's the future. But first of all, it's going to save you hearing. 
to me. I don't yeah. have to like scream. It saves my voice too. Because I had to stop singing for a little bit when I first moved here because I had little nodules on my voice oh, wow. from just touring. Just you know, touring. St- that's the main reason why I don't want to tour nonstop because almost every singer that tours nonstop. Oh, where's I mean, it? Look now? at like Adele. She's never going to tour sing live, she said again. I mean, yeah, right. Sam Smith, you know, all these big, really popular mm-hmm. singers. It's, it's a very delicate instrument. Yeah. That, you know, in order to sustain a career that long, it's, you know, so I already had that's my experience of like, you know, still some of my higher notes, I kind of, <laughs> you know. So your original music, you um, you you have your own songs in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, so so what do you? What's your? This seems to be a recurring theme. My yeah. question lately is uh is your process when my you process. sit down to write. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be a mixed bag, but for the most part, since I'm a I dabble at guitar, and whenever I dabble at an instrument, usually the first thing that comes out, it'll be something that will kind of inspire a song. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I took a couple of lessons on guitar and learned some jazz chords, some sub chords, and one of my f- first big songs uh, is from writing on guitar. And so I like to pick up other instruments I don't traditionally play. Yeah. So I almost always write songs on, like, bass, guitar, piano, and they're super simple in that concept. And then I fill it in with the sax. Yeah. And I fill it in. And then also whenever I get, actually Steve Martin had a good quote. He was on a David Letterman show talking about whenever you get a brand new instrument, it's usually the best you'll ever sauna and the most creative you'll be. And so whenever I get like a new sax, I always huh. almost, or a new instrument or experience of something new, it's, it almost always inspires a song. So I always right. tell musicians like, don't limit yourself. Yeah, because you're not you relying know? on muscle memory. Yeah, know, when I play, I know almost yeah. everything I'm going to play on sax. Right. You know, I've yeah. been doing it since, what, 30 some odd years. But when you pick up something you've never played on before, you know, it's really cool. You know, yeah. drum beats, I've, you know, just messed around with drums and yeah. And GarageBand, like on my phone, I had like, oh, GarageBand. Oh, GarageBand's like, ferocious. It's like, oh, any, any little app like that. So I always encourage people just yeah. try different. That's usually the process is, mm-hmm. is trial and error on something. And, cool. you know, I just kind of, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm at work and I drive people nuts because I'll be humming something over and over. And they be like, why are you keep saying I was like, I don't want to forget it. Right. I don't want <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Turn to the left. <laughs> <laughs> Can you cough? <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> I gotta get to my phone so I can record. I, like, I, can't, I got my gloves on. I can't touch my phone. <laughs> I got blood on my hands. Hold on one second. <laughs> like, why do you uh, keep humming that? Yeah, do, 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 do you follow? Do you follow that axiom? Is that axiom like you know? The, well, how come plum, how come plumbers never chew chew their nails? Like, is, 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 is that? Is that a, is that a thing to where, like, in the medical profession, like, yeah. you never, like, I really want to wipe my nose, but I'm really not going to do that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite jokes is uh, <laughs> it's either a nurse or a, or a doctor jerk, but a nurse goes to the bank and she's looking for, you know, going to sign her check and she pulls a, pulls something out of her pocket. It's a thermometer. She's like, oh, wait, some butt has my pen. Nice, nice. Some butt has my pen. Some butt, and you know, it's not the butt, you know, so I take something else. But. And then you might be able to, to write with that thermometer. There you go. That's what you took it there. <laughs> this is what wow. happens when you have you know, been working 14 hours, y'all. Did, did I get a coffee? Did you not get your coffee? No, where's it? Coffee's over there. Oh, that's all good. That's all good. 
So what's up with Brazil? What's up with Brazil? <laughs> what are you doing down there? Uh, well, long story short, uh, my guitarist is is uh, well, his ex-wife was from Brazil. So, but you know, she came over here. She's a music fan, and they fell in love. You know, got married here in Aww. Memphis, and then they broke up. Aww. So in the divorce, she got Memphis. We got Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. But anyways, no, she's still cool. She still lives here. And she let us kind of go over with her and help set up some shows. Her name is Clara. And uh, her family is so nice and hosted us, let us stay with them. And, of course, the cool thing about a lot of these countries that we like their music, they love our music just as much. They don't want to hear yeah, samba and right. stuff. So as soon as you say you're from Memphis and play rock, they're like, oh, my God. Really? You know, they, I mean, just like all the England and all those folks, right. these folks study our music and it, it, really love it. So they have a huge rock blues scene there uh, that folks, I mean, they got rock in Rio there. I mean, that's yeah. for a reason that a lot of, some of the biggest shows in the world that have happened for rock music have been in Brazil. Yeah, we, we, we talked to Joe Restivo yeah. and, 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 and Don Bryan, he's just, he's just yeah. crushing it. In Europe, you know, and, and and it's maybe it's a cliche. Well, Tina Turner moved. She, did she move I mean, to Switzerland? Right? I mean, jazz she musicians, is. you know, moved for a long time. I mean, it's just, <sighs> I, yeah. I don't. They, they, you know, and everybody's always like, "Oh, they respect our music so much more," or anything. It's just because it's anything. It's it's always cool something that's foreign, you know. It, I and, guess, uh, yeah, sure. But that's our biggest export is our culture, yeah. music culture. Yeah, and, you know. Uh, so when we go over there, so when I went to Brazil the first time, um, it was uh, just by chance when the, I th- actually the second time, when the Olympics were there. So, oh, wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got to see Brazil play soccer against South Africa, and I was like, it was like 80,000 people. Oh, now. going crazy, great. right? They never scored a goal, though, and I was so bummed. I was like, no, I just want to see them. Wow. But after that, we got to play some shows around, and the crowds were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, really into it. So I'm trying to get back there, and I learned some Portuguese. Portuguese. Oh, my goodness. And there's a video on, a, uh, if you look up Hope Claiborne's So Far Sounds, you know, So Far Sounds is a little series they do all around the world. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. people in different homes. And so I did one in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil. And I took one of my songs that's called Green is the title of it. But, you know, uh, I was like, well, instead of saying green, 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 I'll say, you know, what's, what's green in, in Portuguese? Veje. Veje, 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 veje. And they were so appreciative. They're like, wow, that's so cool. You Check know, it out. Bit, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, so even that little bit, I mean, it connects you so much, you know. So yeah. I, I pride myself whenever I travel, try to learn some of, something in their language, you know. Uh, besides just being like, hey, I'm American. You should speak English, you know. <laughs> Why don't y'all talk American? <laughs> yeah, I know you know English, yeah. you know. I always like to ingratiate myself and kind of, you know, but music is the most common language because right. some of the guys in the band could barely speak English. Right. And same thing when I went to Vietnam uh, about four years now. It was me, uh, Elmo from Elmo in the Shades, mm-hmm. and Domingo Montez. Uh, like, and the three of us represented basically America to Vietnam uh, just by chance of the 40th anniversary of the normalization of, of trade relations wow. between us. And, of course, every family in America has somebody affected by Vietnam War. My yeah, sister's right. father, I mean, my uncles, you know, I've come from a military family. So it was cool to go full circle and be wow. a representative in terms yeah. of peace. Yeah. But the band spoke no English. And so I was like, so we had to, only way we could communicate. I was like, it goes da, 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 da. Oh, okay. Da, 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 da. <laughs> It was real cool, man. Musical dictation. Yeah, it was awesome. Ear so. training. 
So my goal is definitely uh, going back to Europe soon, uh, soon, and I'm I'm going to try to go to Japan for 2020 Olympics and play there again. Wow. I, haven't been, I haven't been to Tokyo in about 20 years, or close to 20 years. So wow, play music there. Did you live over there? No, I played played Tokyo, played? Osaka, and Fukuoka at the Blue Note Club there. So I've been blessed, had some That's great experiences, man. Yeah. yeah, who were you there with? Uh, Deep Banana, Deep Banana Blackout. You know, That's they had. Uh, I was only with them for like two and a half years, but we made the most of it. It was man. a full two and a half years. Man, right. so. <laughs> that it was is nonstop cool. on the road. It was one of those three hundred days on the road. Man, you know? and uh, are they still? They they broke or? up officially, but they do a lot yeah. of reunion shows. I call myself the Sammy Hagar of that band because the lead singer <laughs> chick was this lady who looked like and sounded like Janis Joplin. Oh, wow. Very, like, distinctive vocals. And she left the man, and they were looking. They did a whole nationwide search for a singer, and just by chance I had played at this club that's now closed called The Wetlands in New York City. Mm-hmm. That was pretty famous in the jam band scene. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we heard about you. You opened up for us. Uh, why don't you come on audition? So I go up there, audition in Connecticut. And, you know, the fact that I played sax and could sing. Yeah. Uh, they're a big horn mm-hmm. band. And, and uh, that helped me get, I guess I was like, I guess they said 200 people. So I got the game oh out of 200 goodness. people. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I didn't go to medical school. My mom was like, no. Oh, yeah. oh, right, <laughs> no. Oh, I was gosh. like, my sister's a doctor. You got one. <laughs> No. <laughs> I said, I'll take some time off. I'll go back to medical school. I could go back to medical school. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Five seconds later. <laughs> you know how it is. You but. know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. but uh, So that worked out really well. But I, I call myself the Sammy Hagar because it's like some fans are like, you know, can't stand that version of Van Halen. Like they probably didn't like my version because I couldn't, I didn't sing like that. Yeah. So I did my own take of a little jazzier, a little. More kind of yeah. my style. So I mean, but you have to. I mean, right? Yeah, you, you got to. That's it's why like, I told him I'm not going to be a direct. I don't think it would have been good anyway for me to be a direct uh, replacement of, of nah. her. But they get back together with her, and they're a super great band, really good, cool, band. very talented. Yeah, so I got in there. It helped me out. We, we sometimes ask folks uh, uh, if they have a crystal ball uh, regarding the scene. Do you, do you have any forecast for the uh, the music scene here in Memphis? Oh, I already know it's going to start getting more and more massive because yeah. of the fact I just played a Cooper Young Fest. Right. Uh, it was a Rooney dance band. And we were the very first band. And, you know, usually I'm like, oh, I hate being first. I was thankful to be first. Uh, and I look out and Mike Dowdy from Soul Coffin is in the front just chilling. Yeah. I don't know if you know Soul Coffin. is one of my favorite bands. So I'm like, I was like, that's the lead singer just chilling because he went to Nashville and realized eh, and came down here and settled here and other people are starting to come here and settle. So I wanted to grow, but I wanted to be, you know, controlled. But I think it's 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 time for it to come back around. You know, yeah. everything is, is cyclic, you know, it's very, you know, uh, and the fact is, in this country, it's hard to do something creative and be able to afford yeah. the living. So mm-hmm. that's why I think Memphis is definitely is prime yeah. for uh, for definitely being on the upside. I predict the thing, the thing that we need is a little bit more infrastructure, of course, and a couple more venues that are the right size venues where you don't have to be all or nothing. You know, okay. you don't have to be like five hundred people. You know, yeah. it's empty. You know, you need nice, medium-sized venues that people that are touring can come, but also people that are local can play. Right. You know, so that's the only thing we're kind of missing is that. You think Lafayette is a, is a pretty, hits that pretty well? It know? does, but in a sense, though, they're still got that whole problem where they got to make money. Because <laughs> where they're at, I'm pretty sure the rent's super well, expensive. yeah. 
and they got to fit as much music in there as possible, yeah. you know, to make that turnover. And nothing against them. I mean, it's the reality no, yeah. of the world, but right. it's not necessarily a music venue. Gotcha. As more of it is a place that by chance has music where people eat food. Right. Okay. You know, the sure. focus is not the music as much as, you know, unfortunately, as much as I would like for it to be there. But like I said, nothing against them because you got to pay those bills. Yeah. You know? oh, so yeah. there's no room, I feel, in Memphis that's necessarily a true like mid, very mid-sized music room that, okay. you know, almost like the old high tone was kind of getting uh-huh. into that realm of it. I think Crosstown's trying to get there with the green room and... Okay. B-side is... It, B-side, oh yeah. yeah, man, Brad, the owner of B-side, yeah, he's they're putting in some better sound there. So yeah, that that has a lot of potential too. Yeah. It's a good size room. So we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Chris the ball. You're right, we could it. have right? a couple more. No, I, yeah. I appreciate that. that. That's so encouraging. I, I love to hear that. But the most That's important cool. thing that we do need though... Uh, regular music scene you know where it's not just Friday, Saturday, Sunday mm-hmm. okay. people go out we need it's a smaller city but unfortunately uh, it's not one the, where folks kind of go out regularly just to go out to see music right. yeah there's right. only one or two spots like on a, yeah. a, a Tuesday where you know you can right. go out and, and I know that because I typically go out on a Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. when I go out to hear music and yeah, and yeah it's, we need more yeah. yeah we need more of that for folks and I think people would start going out more if it was offered more like that too so halfway we need the venues but we also need the audience to come back and I mean it's so much you're competing against now like you say Netflix at the house TVs are gotten better homes are comfortable you know why go out? Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah, and I should I, yeah. I should say I, I wasn't contradicting you. I'm saying there, I, I usually only end up at one or two places on those yeah. nights. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. But I, that's what I'm saying, though. But I'm even guilty of myself. You know, when I'm off, it's hard for me to be convinced to go out. And yeah. so I'm trying to force myself. You know, for, yeah, kind of force myself to go see other local bands because my own band we had a discussion where a lot of local musicians we don't necessarily sp- support each other in the sense of going out to each other's right. things. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're also busy, but second of all, there can be some a little bit of a click and stuff like that. So we're trying to break the clicks and trying to get together. That's why I play with all these different bands and try to just get out to different places and yeah. keep my keep my mind open. You know, that's the most so, important thing. So I, I've seen you. I think I've seen you play just just a few times. And yeah, I mean, just, you, we're busy doing stuff, but yeah. Um, and and finally getting to hang out and talk with you, you you have this. You seem to have a, a, an unstoppable energy, <laughs> right? You just came off yeah. a shift of, of, of patching people up, <laughs> swishing 10 cc's. All 14 hour shift. Right? 14. God bless you. My yeah. goodness. Three days so, in a row, too. So, so <laughs> I don't like, so how, you know, uh, being a woman, being, being a woman of color, is that yeah. like, I mean, does your energy just kind of like, I mean, obviously th- these things come up, you know, and just in, in the world today, the world as it is today. But is, is that, I mean, is, is that kind of like, uh, like I sense for like you're just a woman on a mission, yeah. You know, in in, in all areas. So how does do, do things come up, or are you, you know, with other artists, or like are are you? Well, I feel I, you know I feel lucky because it makes me stand out, you know. But it's not that I'm trying to stand out because of it. I just stand out, you know. You know, oh, I'm a woman, I'm a black woman. Oh, that plays sax. Oh, I'm going to get people to see me. No, first and foremost, I'm always going to make sure. I mean, musician first, professional yeah. that just by chance is a black woman. But I do realize what it means in the world. And so that's why I always try to portray myself with a positive energy, with something that folks probably aren't used to encountering, you know. Someone I've been very lucky. I've had great education, great support, you know, for my mom raised me and my sister, you know. Mm-hmm. My family's pretty supportive. And uh, I'm the only musician in my family, so that makes me okay. a little different too. So yeah. 
and trying to excel to them why am I giving up you know medicine and all that to do music and explaining to them the passion of it so it's almost like I know that the eyes are on me it's not saying I'm putting on a front because this is how I am all the time you just ask all my people but I do understand the importance of being a good representative of kind of like the culture that I come from Mm -hmm. you know it's it's great to say hey um I was raised by a single black mother, but still, you know, she was the first one in her family to get a college degree. Right. You know, her fa- her grandparents, she, they were sharecroppers, 16 kids, picking ah. cotton instead of going to school. That's one generation for me. Segregated high school, segregated schools. She had to drink out of colored water, you know, water fountains. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one generation for me. Not years and centuries not, ago. Right. You know, she's still alive. We're not saying this is right. oh, back in the so. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. You know, so there's some, there's some, you know, undercurrents of just knowing that how blessed I am. First of all, I'm playing with a, you know, multiracial, multigender, gender band back in the 60s and 70s. That was unheard of. You know, Jimi Hendrix having white guys playing with them. I mean, that was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it was right. it was insane, you know. Mm-hmm. And and now that uh, and now we're kind of we're used to it. But that's still at the same time. It's still kind of like it's pretty cool to know. Like I say, in the universal language of music and arts. You yeah. So I know I'm representing the past. I don't want to stay in there, you know, say, oh, poor me, you know, look at me, poor me, I come from this, but realizing how grateful I am and what I need to do to push it to the, to the future so the next young black woman like me who comes around can have an easier time, you know, can get out there too. Mm. So, you know, past, yeah. present, future. I'm trying to be all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um. Man, we covered a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. That's what happens when I don't sleep. I can. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are we cutting into your, your, your nap time? No, I'm right fine. Now? I'm okay. off for the next couple of days. This oh, is what, yeah, I usually work like three back-to-back shifts, get it over with, work on like you know a couple hours of sleep, just grind it out, and then I yeah. take like three or four days. My first night, I have to sleep, though. Right. Like 24 hours. It's when you work night shift. It's, it's not the best for you, but it's my preferred lifestyle. I'm a night owl. You know, wow, so it's okay. I'm gonna be. That's awesome. It's all good. You know, play music. You almost have to be night owl. You know, it's hard. So, um, <laughs> so as far as uh, the social media venues, uh, where, where can people look you up and keep track of where where uh, you're appearing? Yeah, of course, you can do Facebook. Hope Claiborne. Hope yeah. Claiborne Music. Uh, I'm I'm not the best at updating that stuff. I'm getting there. Uh, hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, it's going to look all professional. Hey, but I also hey. have a my own website, HopeClaverMusic.com. Yeah, uh, that's going to be updated soon. And like I said, new records coming out. Y'all so loud, uh, and coming out with some records with Joyce. I'll be playing uh, November. Usually, I play once a month at least with Soul Scrimmage at the Cove for yeah. every other month or so. Uh, I love that venue. Yeah, I love it's it too. A, it's a great little. I've been there for a long time uh, playing uh, there. And usually we do the last Saturday of the month there. And then I'm going to be playing Memphis Soul Remedy at Lafayette's coming up. So I get around, you know. Fantastic. Very cool. Just holler at me. Give me a message, you know. If you want me to come to your town, let me know. Hey. (laughs) Schedule it with with the hospital. (laughs) Have fun. We'll travel. Bring the funk. And And remember my pen. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. sorry. That was a good joke. I like that. That joke. was good. Jonathan, you got you got any more got more, more more notes there? I'm good. I'm good. This awesome. has been fun. Miss Hope, thank you so much for hanging well, out with us. This, this was me. very cool. I appreciate y'all thinking I'm worthy enough to talk. Oh come so, on, this, good, is, this is Just, very cool. I appreciate it. Go out and see some music. Excellent. Please do come and see us because uh, we need y'all's 
to come help us out. Yeah. yeah. Hope Claiborne. Part of the thing. All right. Thank you again. <laughs> Peace out. Y'all. Peace out. So I came away with, I actually, I don't know if I've told you this, but I actually came away with wanting to start my own jam band. Really? No, really. It, it's been rolling around in my head because that's actually one avenue I've only just touched. I've only just barely bumped into. And um, yeah, I think that should be one of our next endeavors, a jam band. Okay. Yeah, we're kind of working backwards apparently because, yeah. <laughs> that, that is, that that's, my, that were, a jam band was my sort of, I guess, initial band experience. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where I started. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's fun. And so hope you've inspired us. Let's go make a 25 minute track. <laughs>